So some of us have been taught things, right, about the word of God, about Jesus when we were little, and we took it as this is truth, and it is truth, right? But rather than getting, you know, when we got to the point of thinking things for ourselves and studying things for ourselves, we didn't study. We didn't substantiate the things that we were taught when we were little. And now a lot of us get caught up in the most simplest things, the the most simplest doctrine. We get caught up, like saying Jesus Christ isn't God. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, all over the world. Good morning. It is Monday here on Church Boy uh, Confessions. Uh. He will direct your path. So what's there to fear again? Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Good morning. Thank you so much for tuning in once again to the Church Boy Confessions Podcast. I'm your host, Emanuel Hecke. It's a hot one today. It's a hot one today. I'm not going to lie. There's going to be a whole lot of this. A whole lot of dabs all right it's, it's a hot one in this room today all right so just just bear with me um but i hope you guys had amazing last week i've had i had a great last week last week i did i had a job interview um by god's grace you know we'll see uh if it's for me then it's for me so that was really cool now it is life has been cool things have been chill i'll definitely have had its challenges of course kind of mentally i think i had an insecurity uh, now that i think i had i had an insecurity attack but you know, God is still, you know, working in me. God is still pulling me out of things that I get myself into or, you know, the enemy attacks me with. So I'm good. I'm good today. Um, episode 105. We are going, I'm going to say, say like this, you know, this is not going to be the episode that probably inspires you in the same way as other episodes do, because I think that it was important for us to take time to really discuss the fundamentals now let's start off with uh posing this question right that all of us know the answer to but then there's always some that are unsure or don't know how to explain it and i'll get to that in a second the question is is jesus god now this seems so ridiculously simple the answer is yes right but unfortunately it's not simple to everyone and I saw this video, uh, it was a girl, and she was debating some other guy. And basically, the point that she made was that people are Christians today because she was talking about black people specifically, but people are Christians today because they were indoctrinated as a little kid. And that's the only reason why Christians are still Christians when they get old, older, because they've been indoctrinated. And we all know when somebody says indoctrination, there's a negative like, you know, connotation to that, where it's almost like you're saying you brainwashed a person. So they're basically what was being said or insinuated was that if you're a black and you're a Christian um, and you still are a Christian, um, then the only reason why you are is because you don't think critically um, and because you're brainwashed. And I took offense to this. My first response was to take offense to that. Because, first of all, yes, my dad is a pastor. Yes, my mother is an amazing woman of God, right? And I'm and I, and I, and I'm proud of that. Um, but let me tell you something, and we all know this, and for anybody else who may not know this, let's be very clear. You see, I wasn't born a Christian. I was born into a Christian household. But I get to a point in, a point in time where I can now think critically for myself. My parents raised me in the way that I'll go, and by God's grace, I continue in that way when I get older. When my parents will give me the word of God, they'll tell me about Jesus, they'll tell me about um, you know, salvation and all that different stuff. But then I get to the age where I now have to make the decision that I want to follow Jesus my myself and i did when i turned 16 well not when i turned 16 i was 16 years old july 3rd 2014 
I gave my life to Christ. I surrendered my life to Christ myself. I have studied. I have read. I have believed by faith. I have thought critically. And I can say that after that, my conclusion is that Jesus Christ is Lord. So I took offense to that. But then there's a second part of me that was a little bit uncomfortable with it because I realized that there are many of us, we are taught, first of all, you don't have to be in a religious household. I say religious for the sake of this uh, conversation. Christianity is not a religion. But you don't have to be in a religious household to have been indoctrinated. People indoctrinate kids because kids sometimes don't even have the capacity to think critically. You tell kids don't steal. You tell kids don't kill. You tell kids don't do this or don't do that. And sometimes you give them a reason. Sometimes you don't give them a reason. That is indoctrination. So let's just, I just wanted to note that. So some of us have been taught things, right, about the word of God, about Jesus when we were little. And we took it as this is truth. And it is truth, right? But rather than getting, you know, when we got to the point of thinking things for ourselves and studying things for ourselves, we didn't study. We didn't substantiate the things that we were taught when we were little. And now a lot of us get caught up in the most simplest things, the, the most simplest doctrine. We get caught up like saying Jesus Christ isn't God and all these different things. Like just, you know, it's so I was even laughing. I mean, it's not a laughing matter, but like it actually was hysterical. Um, just there's so many false teachers in that are alive today, you know, and of course, false teaching didn't start now, but it's just like, man, there are so many of them, so many of them on social media at that. And honestly, there's even ones that are, you know, there's people that are in the comments that will say things that are so blasphemous and that are so wrong. And they'll say it so loudly and confidently that we all will just agree with them or we all will start to feel uncomfortable or un insecure about our own faith. And here's the thing. For a while, I used to, you know, feel so bad. You know, there, there are people who are being deceived by these false prophets until I got to the point. And honestly, I, I believe that this was the Holy Spirit just trying to alleviate some pressure off of me and just recognizing that although we ought to mourn for people who are, you know, who don't see these things, we should pray for people who don't understand and so on. There's a there's a hint of accountability that we all have. Whereas if there's someone who was following a false teacher, especially when I see the false teacher say the things that they're saying today, it's not that these people believe that this stuff is true half the time. Half the time, it seems like it's not that they are looking for the truth. They're looking for something to make them feel OK about not caring about the truth. Literally, I heard somebody say that. Oh, there's nobody in hell. When Jesus died, he got everybody out of hell. And there's no one in hell. And no one's going to hell when they die. And people were like, I'd go to your church. But the thing, you didn't even care if what he was saying was true or not. You just liked the sound of it. So then you just gravitate towards it. And I don't feel, I, I, although I feel for these people and I'm concerned for these people, I don't feel guilty if... My message isn't getting through to some non-believers because there are some people who want to remain blind to the truth. That's not even where I wanted to go, but 
albeit I think it's very important for us uh, believers, especially us young ones, man, because we are the next generation, you know what I'm saying? Like, and I mean, we're even at the battlefield right now where it's just like there's so many false teachers. There's so many people who think they know what they're talking about. They don't know what they're talking about. And they challenge us. And because we were taught things without, you know, getting the full explanation. And some of the times that's very much justified when we were kids, when we got to older, we when we got older, we still didn't study these things. And now we don't know some of the basic things like is whether Jesus is God or not. I see people get confused and insecure about this. And I'm, if I'm being honest, the first time somebody told me Jesus never claimed to be God, I was a little, I took a step back. I was like, wait, what are you talking about? And I felt insecure. I was like, wait, what are you talking about? And I had to go and I had to study this stuff myself. And by God's grace, when I studied this stuff, now I'm secure. And now I'm going to tell you guys why I'm secure. All right. So, Another part of inspiration for this message came from um, shout out to China McLean. I love that woman. She's she's an amazing woman of God. God is using that woman. Honestly, um, she made a video about the Trinity. I don't agree with what she was saying in that. Right. Um, but I will say and I and I would even go as far to say I'm not sure that she disagrees with the Trinity is when I heard her explanation. I don't I'm not sure she disagrees with the Trinity or if she disagrees with the fact that there's no um, hierarchy in the Trinity. But the reason why I wanted to point that out um, was because, for one, a lot of people were talking about it. But, you know, when she said her explanation and she says she doesn't agree with the Trinity, the reason why that was so dangerous was because, um, not because of simply what she said as much as it is how people can take it, Right. Um, and that's why I wanted to talk about that. And I'm going to relate it to the whole message in general. My inspiration came from people in the comments where they took what she said or even not even just in the comments, just in the world. When somebody says they don't believe in the Trinity, what it sounds like, this is not what China was saying. Um, shout out to China. It's not what she was saying. But when people say I don't believe in the Trinity, it sounds like you're saying that you don't believe Jesus is God. That's not what she was saying, but that's what it sounds like. Right. Um, and first of all, let me say that when we talk about something like this, Emmanuel Hecke considers it secondary doctrine, whereas, you know, this is not a doctrine that if you if you misunderstand the Trinity, it's not something that's going to make you miss heaven. Right. Um, but nevertheless, you know, it's really important that I, I, I felt it really important to address um, the confusion here just because um you know, it's a lot of people who can go as far to say Jesus is not God because they don't understand the Trinity. Um, so let's talk theology today, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get into it. Um, so I started Bible college last week. Hey. And honestly, I liked week one. It was a, It's a readiness course. I actually start in August, but, you know, I started uh, the readiness course last week and... It was, I actually loved it. It was a really cool reading. Um, it was only like 12 pages, so that was great. <laughs> but the author just made great points about when we're talking about theology and when we debate about theology and talk about theology, it's very important that we approach this entire conversation with humility and repentance. That was the biggest message to take away from that because we have to have humility and repentance because fact of the matter is this, sometimes we're wrong. Sometimes we may understand something wrong. I am even a, a witness of my own self because I, I have 
read verses and I thought it meant something one time and then it actually meant something different a different time, right? Um, and we have to have this humility to admit when we're wrong and to, re- you know, have this concept of repentance in our mind to make sure we change our mind when we have been proven wrong according to Scripture, according to the Word of God. Um, you see, when we talk about repentance, a lot of the times it's just about changing your mind about your sinful ways. But sometimes it, it it's even... Um, more practical in the sense where it's like you have to change your mind about your wrong ideas or wrong interpretation of the word of God. And you have to change your mind about your wrong image of God. It was a great reading. Oh man, it was great. Um, you know, there's some, the reason why you have to be able to, you know, be humble and you have to, to repent from when you have these wrong interpretations of who God is, um, and his image and his word is because it could be dangerous. You know, we, we know how dangerous it is to have a wrong interpretation of God's word. Excuse me. Look at all the so-called Christians throughout history that have done terrible things in the name of Jesus Christ. That That's a very easy, I don't even have to go any deeper than that. It's very dangerous to have wrong interpretations of the word of God. It's very dangerous to have wrong interpretation of who God is, a wrong image of who God is. Um, and a great example of that is the Jewish community when Jesus was here on earth. They were expecting a Messiah that was going to come and free them from the Roman oppression, their physical oppressors, their physical enemies, when in fact Jesus was here to free them and free us of the spiritual oppression of sin. But they didn't understand that. They didn't get that. That's the reason why they chose Barabbas over Jesus Christ. That's the reason why many people rejected Jesus Christ while he was here on earth. So we see that it's dangerous for us to have incorrect interpretations of the image of God and of uh, the word of God. Right. Another point that the reading made that I thought was really cool was the fact that we have finite minds. And I think it's very important to to recognize that even especially when we're talking about something like the Trinity or talking something about whether Jesus is God or not, because a lot of times we try to understand everything based on our own logic. And sometimes we're going to inevitably miss the mark because of that, because especially when you're trying to define the nature of an infinite being. You have to understand that you are a human being with a finite mind. All right. So this needs to be known when we address the answer to the question, is Jesus God? And I think the perfect example of how our finite minds may not be able to grasp everything about God's nature is depicted in John chapter one, verse one to three, verse one to three. And then I'll jump to first verse 14. Where it says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things are made by him, and with him was not anything made that was made. Jump into verse 14. It says, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory The glory as of the only begotten of the Son, full of grace and truth. May God bless hearing, reading, understanding of his word in Jesus' name. Amen. Wow. Talk about illogical. That the word was God, was with God, and was God at the same time. 
logic is now thrown out the window. We don't we don't get it. How can you be with something and something at the same time? But that's what the word of God says. And I'm not going to be the person with my with acknowledging my finite mind and my finite wisdom. I'm not going to be the person to say that, God, you don't make sense when you said this. I'm not going to be the one. I'd rather believe that it's me that can't understand it than say that God got something wrong. That's me. Maybe you're not me, but that's me. We see in verse 14 that when it's talking about the word, it's obviously talking about Jesus Christ, the only begotten son of the father. So then in verse one and verse two and verse three, when it says that the word was with God and the word was God, it's saying that Jesus was with God and Jesus was God at the same time. So Jesus is God. Jesus is God, of course. You know, that's not always going to work when people give you arguments. Um, and we'll we'll get to more arguments that people try to give to try to say Jesus is not God. Um, but let me say this, you know, just just a quick side note. When we ask these questions about and we start to come more critical of. Uh, you know, we're not critical, but when we study the word of God and whatnot. One thing I realized, something about a generation, and it's not just Christians, it's I feel like it's just a youth thing. We always want to start from scratch when it comes to figuring things out, as if the previous generation hasn't figured out a lot. And I think that a lot of us are so eager to be progressive that we automatically eliminate the status quo from being something true. Um, and I don't know what the root of that is, where that comes from. Um, but it's like we're always against the status quo in order to be progressive. But if the goal is to be the best, sometimes things are the best that they are right now. Sometimes we have the best interpretation. We have the best understanding of something now. And amidst trying to be progressive, basically, I feel like our generation has a value of being progressive over being truthful. And that's a problem. Because then we try to act like everything that we know about the word of God isn't true because we've known it for a long time. And now we try to come up with new ideas and new theories in order to be progressive, quotation marks. But ain't nothing that got to be progressive about this, baby. We got it. We got it on lock. We got it on lock. And if you're going to say that we ain't got it on lock, you better have the scripture to say that we don't. That we don't. Um, but. You know, this, like I said, this sounds like it's a very, like, elementary topic, and I feel like a lot of Christians might have uh, not had these questions, but some some might, and, you know, some might have been confused how Jesus is God, and, and you know, I feel like I'd be remiss to act like, you know, uh, I've never been confused about it. So let's let's continue to talk about it. How do we know that Jesus is God? I'll give you another place in Colossians chapter 1. Verse 15 to 17. Oh, I told you it's a hot one. <sighs> Verse 15, it says, this is Apostle Paul. He says, he is the image of the invisible God. Talking about Jesus. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him, all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things and in him, all things consist. It's talking about Jesus Christ. He created everything in the heaven, created everything in the earth. And before him is all things and in him, all things exist. 
consist. Before I go there, or consist, before I go there, I must make a note of verse 15 because that's going to throw some people off when it says that Jesus is the firstborn over all creation. The first thing I think a lot of people's mind is going to go to is that, oh, he's the firstborn of all creation. Oh, that means he was the first to be created. Oh, so it was God and then he created Jesus and then he created mankind. So that's not what this is saying. Notice that it doesn't say the firstborn of all creation, the first to be born of all creation. It says firstborn over all creation. So, so this is when we have to read into the culture, right? Jewish culture, Greek culture, and even cultures that exist today, to be the firstborn was not simply to mean that you are firstborn, although, yes, but it also, there's a connotative, well, I don't even know if I would say connotative as much as it is, that means something to be the firstborn. It's, it means your ranking, um, amidst your your brothers and sisters, you see, you're the one that's going to obtain the inheritance. You have some type of special authority and power um, as the firstborn. So when the word firstborn is used here in Colossians chapter one, verse 15, it's not talking about chronological order, but ranking as to say that Jesus is the highest ranked over all creation. That's why it says over instead of of all creation over all creation. So think about it this way. He is the highest strength over all creation because he created everything in heaven and the earth. Notice how Apostle Paul in verse 16 and 17 doesn't doesn't switch and start to mention the father and says, oh, the father has created everything in the heaven and the earth. And, and, and before him are all things and all things in, in him, all things ex- consist. He was still talking about Jesus. And we even see this like back when we were reading John chapter one, when it says in the beginning was the word. And we know the word is Jesus, as we see in verse 14, because it says the word became flesh and dwelt among us. That's Jesus and was like the only begotten son. That's Jesus. So Jesus was there in the beginning and Jesus is accredited with the creation of everything. Like who? God, because Jesus is God. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. I didn't know this was going to be a long one today, but bear with me because we got to. I just want any time that you feel any like doubt about this, so you can play this or you can send this to whoever um, needs to hear this. All right. Another thing that people like to say to try and act like Jesus is not God, because here's the thing. You know, I know in, in um, Islam, they believe Jesus was a prophet. They don't believe he actually died. Um, and he don't believe he's actually God, right? And the Jews don't believe that he is actually God as well. So you can come into contact with these people who claim these things. Um, and even atheists will probably try to get in the mix because sometimes they feel lonely. But like, regardless, right? Um, people try to make this claim that Jesus never claimed to be God. He never said, I'm God, worship me. And first of all, I have a bone to pick with this argument from the get-go. This argument is based on the foundation of trying to discredit all of the Bible, right? Except for anything that Jesus said, um, which honestly is basically saying that you don't believe that the Bible is inspired by the Holy Spirit. And if you don't believe the Bible is inspired by the Holy Spirit, that's fine. You don't have to. But we as children of God believe that the Bible is written by men who were inspired by the Holy Spirit including Apostle Paul, including John, including everybody, period, right? So they try to act as if 
when Apostle Paul calls Jesus God, it doesn't make sense. When John calls Jesus God, it doesn't make sense. Um, or it does, or shouldn't be applied. They discredit it. But God forbid, it is, is not discredited. Inspired by the Holy Spirit. Saying that Jesus clearly is God. Um, but for the sake of, you know us and having this conversation and us being equipped to speak with these people can we know that jesus claimed to be god claimed to be divine with his own words the answer is yes yes <laughs> in, in many different ways actually um now i'll tell you this they, is there a one statement where he clearly used the words i am god worship me no there isn't. And they think that they have a, a, a hold on Christians. Just the fact that he, he didn't say, I am God, worship me. But when you look at every the words of Jesus Christ, there is one conclusion. It's that he's God. John chapter 8, verse 54 to 58. Says Jesus answered, If I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It is my Father that honoreth me, of whom ye say that he is your God. That might confuse some people. Let me stop there for a second. It might confuse people say that if I honor myself, it means nothing, but the Father has to honor me. But do understand that Jesus wasn't here on earth to take glory as a human being. So that's what he's talking about. That it's not it's not about him taking glory for himself. But pointing back because he's the image of the invisible God, like uh, like it told us in what we read previously, First Corinthians, I'm sorry, Col um, Colossians chapter 1, verse 15. Sorry about that. Um, verse 55 says, Yet have ye not known him, but I know him. And if I say, if I should say, I know him not, I shall be a liar like unto you, but I know him and keep his saying. Now, a lot of people also get confused when Jesus is talking about the Father or talking about God in a different context. Um, I mean, I mean, in a way that's like, you know, he's a different person. Well, that's easily explained in the fact that he is the son and um, the father is the father and the father is not the son. and The son is not the father. And that's pretty much what the Trinity lines out. Whereas the father is not the son. The son is not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not the father. And, you know, back around that triangle. Um, but they are all God and God is three in one. And it may not make sense to us, but it makes sense to God, which is the reason why he said it. <laughs> so, or at least the reason um, that is said throughout the word of God. All right. Continuing verse 56, your father, Abraham rejoiced to see my day and he saw it and was glad. Then said the Jews unto him, thou art not yet 50 years old. And hast thou seen Abraham? Mind you, Abraham is the, that guy. <laughs> in the old testament jesus said unto them verily verily i say unto you before abraham was i am and god was hearing reading understanding of his word in jesus name amen that's big that's really big before abraham was i am this is a statement of deity this is a statement of jesus calling himself god why is it a statement well first you have to understand that he's saying that he existed before abraham all right how could Jesus have existed before Abraham if he was born from Mary about 30 years before this? 
it's because he already existed in the spirit because he's God. Not to mention that those two words, I am, holds strong weight for Christians. I mean, it holds strong weight for the entire world because this is the name of God. In Exodus chapter 3, verse 14, God is talking to Moses and he tells him to go to the Pharaoh. Moses says, oh, well, who do I say that sent me? He says, I am that I am. Tell him I am that I am. And people understood that Jesus was referencing this as Jesus referenced um, Old Testament many times in his ministry. He wasn't simply saying I existed before Abraham, even though that that was the case as well. But to call himself, I am hold tremendous weight, which is the reason why the Pharisees tried to kill him on the spot because of that, because they understood it. They caught that one. They might have not caught everything, but they caught that one. Jesus saying that I am calling himself from the same name. As God. Like I said, it was normal for Jesus to drop quote bombs, drop these references. Um, he did it on the cross when he was quoting Psalms 22. Um, he did it when he was tempted by the devil, when he was quoting things from Deuteronomy. Um, and he did it here. And honestly, this is the tip of the iceberg when it comes to, you know, arguing that Jesus is God. I mean... I think the part that really confuses people is when, you know, Jesus is praying to the father and talking to the father and talking about the father. Um, and he says God and he uses God and the father interchangeably. But just understand that, you know, um, the Trinitarian doctrine talks about how the father is not the son. The son is not the Holy Spirit um, and so on. But they're all God and God is three in one. So so just keep that in mind. All right. Um, so Matthew chapter 12 verse 8 is another place where here he says, For the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath day. They tried to kill him after this one too because, because he called himself Lord of the Sabbath day. If you know anything about Sabbath day, it was created by God and given to the Israelites um, and even given to, to all of us. But Christians, um, things changed after Jesus Christ died for us. But in the Old Testament, you know, God... This was a this was a, a agreement between God and Israel that one day they out the week that they would have they would not work or do anything. Right. Um, and Jesus called himself the Lord of the Sabbath. The master of the Sabbath. There's only one master of the Sabbath, ladies and gentlemen, and that is Yahweh. John chapter five. Verse twenty. Two to 23 so in verse 22 it says oh yeah we got scriptures today i forgot to warn you guys about that <laughs> for the father judges no man this is jesus speaking for the father judges no man but hath committed all judgment unto the son that all men should honor the son even as they honor the father he that honoreth not the son honoreth not the father which hath sent him that's another big one because jesus literally said that we must honor him as we honor the father. Now, you have to understand, ladies and gentlemen, that if someone were to say that you need to honor me as you honor God, there's only two conclusions that come from that. One is that this person is blasphemous or that this person is telling the truth and making himself equal to the father, which would make that person God. Now, 
the Pharisees knew this as well. Ultimately, the reason why Jesus died was because he claimed to be the son of God, which they thought was blasphemy because they knew that this was him, Jesus claiming himself to be equal to God. All right. Um, what else should I give you guys? I know, uh, there was somebody, I don't know if it was China, but it was somebody that said like, you know, why did Jesus say that father, that the father is greater than him? Um, a lot of people responded to that part, but in John chapter 14, verse 28, God said, you know, Jesus says that the father is greater than him. And there's a reason why Jesus says that in Philippians chapter two, verse five through eight, it's lined out, um, very well, I would say. Where in verse 5 it says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant that was made in the likeness of man. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. What's being said here is that Jesus, in his very nature, is God um, and equal to God. And when he came down in the flesh, he made himself, it says in verse 7, of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant. A servant to who? A servant to the Father and was made in the likeness of men. It said he humbled himself and became obedient. Obedient to who? The Father. Unto death, even the death of the cross. So you have to understand when Jesus is on earth and he's saying that the father is greater than him. What you must understand is that because Jesus made himself a servant to the father to be obedient, even unto death of the cross. An article I read put it perfectly. It says Jesus voluntarily relinquished the prerogative of freely exercise of freely exercising his divine attributes and subjected himself to the will of the Father while on earth. So let's let's tie this all together. I'm done with like all of that. And let's tie this all together, okay? <sighs> Jesus is God. You you were here. We broke that down. We looked at his words. We looked at the word of God um, outside of his words, uh, of Jesus's physical words while he was on the planet. Um, but I guess what the real overarching point of this episode is that um, we need to educate ourselves. We need to educate ourselves on who God is. We need to educate ourselves on the word of God because we are living in a world of a lot of information being spread by a lot of people um and a lot of people are saying what they're saying with the intention of mis trying to mislead you with the hope that you don't know anything about the word of god that you follow right i want to read one more place i know i've been reading a lot oh my gosh my vocal cords matthew 16 verse 13 to 17 this is a time where jesus had a conversation with the disciples. Verse 13 says, When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, 
Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. Verse 15. He saith unto them, Jesus saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona. For flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. Mm. Jesus is asking us, but who do you say that I am? Because a lot of us are basing our entire knowledge of God on what other people are saying. But look at when he asked, when he asked the disciples, who do people say that I am? People were saying he was John the Baptist. People were saying he was Elias. People were saying he was Jeremiah. People were saying that he's just another one of the prophets. But Jesus is asking us, who do you say that I am? Some people will say Jesus is not God. Some people will say, oh, he never existed. Who do you say that Jesus is? When, when are we going to take the time to study to show ourselves approved? We cannot rely on just simply what we are told anymore, even what we told are true. We have to look into the word of God. We have to draw nearer unto God because these people are not going to reveal to us the entire truth. People that are false prophets on TikTok, people that are false prophets on Instagram and so on, spreading lies, spreading misinformation, spreading confusion. We have to be the ones, we have to be the ones to take accountability and making sure that we know what we're talking about, making sure that we know what we believe, that when somebody demands an answer of us, that we have an answer to give them on why we believe in Jesus Christ, why we believe what we believe. Why do we know that Jesus Christ is God? Something that might seem so elementary, but can you articulate why you believe, why you're a Christian, why you love God? We got to know. It's about time we are conscious of who God is every second of our lives. It's about time we know why we're doing this. And it comes with studying. It comes with, with taking that time to know who God is. Taking that time to ask the Holy Spirit for confirmations. Taking that time to ask the Holy Spirit to direct you in your reading. And just as the Holy Spirit is the one that, that revealed these things. Or, or the Father is, is the one that revealed these things to the disciples. He can, he can reveal these things to us. His goodness, his character, his love, and so on. Oof. Man. I'm done. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for this episode, oh God. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And Father, for those who needed this, Father God, and, and have been so embarrassed to even say that they don't even know why they believe what they believe, um, I pray, Lord, that you rid them from, it's even pride, God. It's, there's pride in that, Father. Um, help them, Father God, to repent from any incorrect interpretations and images of God that they might have had. Help them to be humble enough, Father God, to admit that, hey, you know, they might have not known something, might have been ignorant to something, might have said something wrong, whatever it might be, oh God. And I pray, Lord, that you please um, bless us all, including myself, to grow in your word, Father God, to grow in our knowledge of who you are and, and um, to grow in our knowledge of your word, Father God. Um, help us, Father God, to move in accordance with your word and live out by the spirit, Father God, and let your name be glorified in all the things that we do. 
Um, but yeah, God, help us to really just shake this world, Father God, and, and let people know the truth um, and live by that truth ourselves. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. I love you guys. I'm telling you, it's getting tough to be a Christian. I mean, it's tough to be a Christian a lot of places in the world. Um, but, you know, it's it's becoming more and more strong in America. So make sure you're strong. Make sure you ten toes down. Make sure you know your stuff. Um, yeah, I love you guys. See you guys next week. Peace.